What does flow mean to you? Flow is a state of mind, a state in which a person becomes fully immersed in an effortless and continuous progression. To me, the ultimate goal in jiu-jitsu is finding that perfect role with perfect and effortless flow. I'm Professor Hayden Martz, and this is the Flow BJJ Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Flow BJJ Podcast. Today I have White Belt James and Haley with us. How you doing guys? Pretty good. I'm good. good. So uh, previous episode we just did, we talked about, basically we just kind of sat down and talked about our favorite grapplers, which was fun. Today I want to talk about the uh, quote unquote must learn techniques for anyone really but for a white belt specifically some of the stuff that um, we think you should learn right away so we're going to have some different perspectives here we have a black belt perspective we have a white belt perspective and we have a wrestling perspective (laughs) (laughs) so james how long have you been training um so i i joined the gym back in i think may but I didn't really start training, training. I was a bit of a slacker <laughs> up until about, I want to say October. Okay. So consistently training six months, yeah. eight months or so. Okay. Yeah. So this will be good because you're going to know, at least for my list, you're going to know most of these things, but it's going to be things that you've learned recently enough mm-hmm. that they're going to be sort of fresh in your mind. Too. Yeah. So first one for me, we do it every class, but a lot of people don't realize how important it is and that's shrimping or if depending on your lineage snakies hip escapes you know different people call it different things but that hip escape movement to create space for me is something that you you have to have like you can't you, yeah. <laughs> it's a must-have you, you, know? you can't escape any position without knowing how to snakey right what uh, what do you guys have have on your list so well one of the things that I'd also like to kind of talk about just um, uh, this kind of goes with like body awareness or whatever um, is the, like the importance of your hip positioning. Yes. I think that uh, because you've been talking about it a lot lately, uh, you've been making examples of you, you know, you can't come up onto somebody and push the pressure if you're on your side or you're on your back, you have to have your hips facing towards the floor. Right. Um, And I've noticed a lot of people, will get into a position and they're kind of just like, oh, no, I'm stuck. And it's like, no, no, no. If you just move your hips just a little bit, you can get that much more space. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good thing for a lot of people to focus on um, is just understanding that all it takes is a simple little switch to create that much more distance. Yeah, for me, that's and that's third on my list, so that's a good one too, um, is hips. I think what shrimping is as far as creating space, hips is like everywhere. Like, it doesn't matter if you're passing the guard, if you're playing guard, if you're in mount, side control, wherever. Your awareness of where your hips are at is super important. Going along with the snaking, part of the entire move is framing during the move. So, like, when we practice them going down the mat, like, using your arms in the correct way, like, so that when you're in an actual match, you know how to use your frames, which I think is probably the most important part of jiu-jitsu or else you're just going to be smothered the entire time also knowing how to break down people's frames um, but both aspects i think are really important 
Tom, well, framing his second on my list. So you guys know great. <laughs> um, Tom is huge when it comes to framing. Like that's, I mean, he has an entire instructional just about framing, which if you don't have it is really, really good. Framing allows you to create space between you and the other person, but not use hardly any energy because you're using bone structure to maintain distance, which a lot of people think they understand framing, but they're it's like they're bench pressing instead of framing. You know what I mean? Where your biceps are engaged, your chest is engaged, as opposed to a fully locked out arm or a fully bent arm where, you know, you're not you're not using any any energy or any muscle to to maintain the position. Getting back to hips though, a perfect example of having good hip control is Haley's most recent Instagram post from wrestling. She had, what was it, seven matches? Eight matches. I went seven and one. Seven and one. And if you watch the video, feel free to watch it. It's like 90 seconds long maybe, but the hip control, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just jujitsu that hips are important. It's wrestling. I had the other night, had talked to at her wrestling banquet. I talked to her two coaches after and that was all they could rave about from watching that video was the, the ability to move your hips in multiple directions, but you have to be, you have to know where to move them, but there's like a sensitivity that goes along with it. It was kind of crazy. Cause like in those matches, I didn't really think about what I was doing. So like my hips were just like moving midair, like as I'm being thrown and I would come up on top and I'm like, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> Let's go. I think, I think being, that's something that you can work on too. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, with frames, I feel like if you gave me two hours with, a brand new person to jujitsu, I can explain and show frames to them and they're going to be, they're going to understand it and be able to do it right away. Mm-hmm. Hips that takes time. Like you got to start learning it right away, but there's a sensitivity that's required that you have to sort of mm-hmm. learn and feel. You can't just be told how to do it. And there's just, there's so much that comes with it, uh, not only defensively, but offensively. Um, controlling your opponent's hips and just understanding where like they're because that's usually that's usually where like your center balances that's where you're going to get most of your power from is just in the ability to move your hips in any which way mm-hmm. and um, knowing to knowing how to and knowing that you should disable uh, your opponent's abilities to move their hips is very important i was i was doing that with someone today i don't remember who it was when we were training this morning I wanted to try to hold them down, but they were significantly smaller than me. And I wanted to hold them down by sort of just framing on either side of their hip and not put any weight on them and see if I could still keep them in one spot without pressure. And there's, there's different ways to hold people down, you Mm -hmm. know, but to hold the goal is the same, prevent their hips from moving and you're going to have a lot more success. A perfect example of not knowing where your hips are at is watching the difference between a good and a poor knee cut pass. The direction that your hips are pointing during the move, like some people are cutting hard away from their opponent. Some people are driving right at the sternum. Like there's angles there that you have to kind of feel and and be aware of too. Next one for me uh, on the list 
is head control. Both sides of that coin are super important. You can't allow your head to get controlled by your opponent. Whether you're standing, you're on the ground, you're playing guard, you're they've passed your guard, you can't allow head control, and you really need to try to get head control, obviously, offensively. The biggest advancement or one of the biggest advancements I've seen from Haley over the past three months since ECI is, or not even three months, honestly, is her awareness of people trying to control her head. And the first half of the, her ECI match, that was Tom's biggest thing. Tom was cornering her with me, and he's like, she needs to fix that. She can't allow people to control her head like that. Mm. And that's something that we corrected. And now, like even in wrestling matches at a fairly high level, the, her preventing other people from controlling the head is paying huge dividends. And it applies to anyone, anywhere. Like, don't let someone hold on to your head. It's it's important. Yeah, if, uh, if somebody can control your head or even simply just the direction that you're facing with you looking even... Um, they're almost completely controlling. They are controlling your like center of motor control. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when you're teaching somebody a takedown, when I was learning it, they always said, look at your target and not at the floor because we've had kids go head first into the floor because that's where they were looking. Mm-hmm. 100%. And if somebody, you know, mid shot can stuff your head down, that's where you're going to go. Right. Yep. The same thing when, uh, when Dennis is teaching judo. I spent a lot of time with Dennis. A lot of the newer guys haven't really seen him very much. But uh, he actually will be back on Tuesday, which is going to be awesome. He, (laughs) the first thing he tells you, like you you grip up with the other person who are practicing judo. No, it's not the same as wrestling. It's different. But the first thing he tells you is like, why are you looking at the floor? What's down there that you, (laughs) you need to see? You can see where your opponent's feet are without bending your head down and looking at the floor just using your your vision like you can feel where they are you don't need to be looking at the floor and i think that's that's big in wrestling like you said and in judo jiu-jitsu any type of stand-up like be aware of where your head's at for sure um i think butt scooting is really important um like for playing guard especially um, like knowing how to move around when someone is on the feet and being able to match their pace by being like in a significantly, I would say like less active position. Um, it's really helpful to know like how you can move side to side, forward and backward, create distance and uh, close off distance to be able to start attacking. So yeah. knowing how to butt scoot, I think is really important, especially when you're, because a lot of the time people are standing passing now. Mm-hmm. And I think well, we've added in butt scooting forward and backward to almost every warm up, and I feel like butt scooting is just a faster version of shrimping. Shrimping, you're in a supine position on your back, butt scooting, you're sitting up in like a seated position where you can move inherently faster because you can use your hand mm-hmm. and your foot to move further distance and quicker. But it's super, you're right, it's super important to be able to take space away or create space very, very quickly. Because standing passing is fast, and it's easy to get out of position if you're not good at, at butt scooting and moving around. Uh, next one on the list for me is, well, I'll put both of these together, to be honest with you. Um, posture, 
and distance management. So posture sort of goes into the head control thing, but it, there's more to it than that because there's there's different positions where posture is, is important. When you're breaking someone's guard open, you know, triangle, if you're stuck in the beginning parts of a triangle, your mm-hmm. posture is important. There's multiple places where if you have bad posture and you continue to go in the direction you're planning on going instead of fixing your posture, it's going to end up, you're going to end up having a rough day. Oh, yeah. Especially if you got somebody who likes to triangle you and you're keeping your head, like we said, keeping your head down, that's, that's not good. Gabe used to snatch me up in triangles all the time because I would, uh, when I first started, I would literally put my head in the center of their chest so that I could use a little bit extra force to get their hands off of me because yep. I didn't know any techniques to get them off of me. <laughs> and it'd be right down there and you'd set up the triangle and I'd be doomed. Yep. The same goes for the bottom, honestly. And you hear me say this whenever I'm teaching class. Posture, we just talked about standing passing. Is someone holding you down? If the answer is no, then why are you laying on your back? Sit up, get up, and even stand up, you know, hip heist and stand up. If they're not holding you down, there's no reason to stay on the ground. So even posture from the bottom can be important. And along those same lines, distance management, butt scooting, posture, that all goes together where there's, you, and it's a feel thing too. It's like, uh, I'm not going to pretend to know a ton about striking because I don't teach any type of striking arts, just jujitsu, but distance management where you're where you're in the pocket and you're out of the pocket. That applies to grappling as well, where I don't want to be I want to be close enough to tie myself to my opponent, you know, mm-hmm. or I want to be far enough away that I can maintain the guard easily. That middle ground where they're close enough to pass but I'm not close enough to to prevent it, that's not where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, any you guys have any more on your list of of uh, early techniques to learn? One that I wanted uh, to talk about, kind of actually, still ties into that. It's just uh, bodily awareness in general. Um, it's a very big safety thing, not only for you as a practitioner, but for your um, opponents, for your teammates, everybody that you're going with. Um, you can't just come in and fling your body around wildly. For sure. Because if you get caught in like an arm bar and you just try to like roll away, you're going to make it more tight. Mm-hmm. It's going to, you're going to hurt yourself. Or if you try to, I've, I saw somebody try to cartwheel past somebody's guard. <laughs> a brand new person. Yes. Oh God. Like literally jump into a cartwheel over their guard. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's a concussion waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, s- safety is a big thing. You know, one, Here's the thing. We've talked we talk a lot about competition in our school, but the reality is very few people are going to make their living training jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Which means that almost everyone has a job. Yeah. Yeah. That they need to go to the following day after training. So you being a jerk and trying some crazy flying submission that hurts either yourself or both of us mm-hmm. is not a good idea. Yeah. You know, um, another, another must learn technique, which is probably going to be the most basic must learn technique of anything we've mentioned. And that's tapping. Like, <laughs> if you're stuck and you don't know how to get out and it's starting to hurt, 
just tap. Yeah. <laughs> like it's one thing if you, you know, you're six months into jujitsu or you're six years into jujitsu and you're in an arm bar and you know the escape and you're trying to get the escape. You're trying to get your hips turned for the hitchhiker or whatever. And you, your elbow pops, right? Yes, it's going to happen. And you're going to be out for a few weeks and then it's going to hurt for a few months, but you can still train through it mm. and everything's fine. But if you're in a fully extended arm bar and you either A, don't know how to get out or B, can't get out, then just tap. Because waiting until it hurts more and more and more, <laughs> there's no there's no use of that. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of have that issue with triangles. I will literally sit in one of Meg's triangles for about two rounds straight <laughs> fighting for my life, trying to get out of it because it doesn't bother me that much in the moment. And then eventually I'll just, you know, I'll be like, okay, I got a tap here and then I'll have a migraine for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Chokes are a little bit different though. I mean, the pet triangles can, I mean, your neck's going to be sore, but yeah. let's say it's like a rear naked choke, no. you know, like the penalty for not tapping is passing out. And you're probably going to be okay like a half an hour later. Yeah. If you don't tap to some sort of arm lock or, or leg lock, like the penalty is months of pain. Physical pain. <laughs> right. You know, so I can see it a little bit if it's, if it's a choke. All um, right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even still, some chokes turn into neck cranks when you don't tap mm -hmm. or if they're not applied correctly. So, I mean, you know, you can end up with a sore neck too or a bruised windpipe or... Or whatever, but yeah, I would, I would say it's okay to hang in there with chokes a little more. It's also good to feel what a choke is like when it's you know pretty deep into the process. Whereas an arm lock, like you don't want to feel what that's like. <laughs> you don't want to feel what that's like. Um, so two that I have, sprawls and break falls, I think are mm. really important. Yep. Break falling, so like when, especially when you're doing stand-up in the gym or wrestling, knowing how to fall without hitting your head is really, really nice. And being able to sprawl when people are trying to take you down or being able to sprawl while passing or in any, really, knowing how to be on your toes while keeping pressure down with your chest is really important and helpful in jiu-jitsu or wrestling. Same, and this goes, you know, all this entire list is kids and adults too. And with you teaching the kids class, <clears throat> these are all concepts that they have to be taught right away, even more so than adults for their own safety. Cause kids are crazy, man. <laughs> if they don't know what to do, they just go harder. <laughs> they have the mindset that they're invincible, but in reality, they're so fragile. Right. Right. They're, they're bendy. They're fast. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're small. <laughs> so yeah, I think, especially for kids break falls and sprawls are really really important oh we put them through that <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, yeah. good i mean the other things are important too but for for from a safety standpoint break falls and sprawls for kids that's going to be like right away mm -hmm. you can add in the framing and the shrimping and and things like that you know a few classes in that's not going to be something where they get hurt whereas a sprawl or falling incorrectly and you can get hurt right away so that's definitely two you know super important things let's see here what else do i have on my list i think i think that's my like tight initial list mm -hmm. my plan which i don't know if i told you guys this or not is i'm working on a video library 
a private video library for our school that'll be on a, a private YouTube page, which is every technique that you need to learn to go from white to blue belt. Mm-hmm. So it may be, I don't know yet, it may be 30 videos, it may be 50 videos, but they're going to be for our school only, so they'll be password protected. But when you when you have a new person, or even you have someone six months in who wants to like start practicing for their blue belt or whatever, you know they can go online, they can reference these 20, 30, 50, two minute videos. Hey, this is how you do an ogoshi. This is how you should be framing from the guard. This is how you pass the guard three different ways. This is how you you know, sweep someone three different ways, stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's going to be the next, one of the next things that we, that I have, have a plan for our school. Um, all right, guys. So let's look at, finish out the episode here with just kind of a casual conversation about the uh, top positive outcomes from training jujitsu. So first off the bad side of jujitsu, you're probably going to get injured at some point. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, for me, I I made it eight years, eight or nine years without getting injured at all, um, and then it was incredibly horrific. Three surgeries, leg is still will never be the same, but that's not the norm. Like the injuries are are not usually that horrific. You know, maybe a sprained elbow, sprained shoulder, you know, knee, ankle, stuff like that. That's the bad side. But there's a lot of upside to training, mm-hmm. so let's talk about some of the some of the positives that we can, uh, you know, what do you what do you tell a brand new person who's never trained jujitsu f- before? Maybe they don't want to be a fighter; they just want to they want a hobby. What do you what are the benefits of jujitsu? Um, one of the things I lead off the rip with is I know that a lot of people want to get into shape, yep, and um, jujitsu. I mean, it's, it's almost the perfect exercise, almost perfect workout. You're constantly, you're constantly under pressure. So your muscles are constantly activated. It's a cardio workout as well. So not only are you getting stronger, but your heart's racing, you're pushing the pace. It's going to build up your physical conditioning overall. And, um, I think people honestly, like when they're thinking about like, Oh, you know, I want to go try something out. I don't really like the gym. I don't like to lift the weights. If it, you have this thing that takes your mind off of it because yeah. not only are you physically conditioning yourself, but you're learning an art and it's a bit distracting from the fact that you are sweating and bruised and <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you're forced to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like <laughs> you you're pushed out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Regardless of whether you want to do something or not, like you're there, you signed up for it, you're going to do it. Yeah. And I feel like that's why I mean, jujitsu is very, it's very difficult to judge who's going to stick around mm-hmm. and who's not based on even like three or four classes. I think it's hard to know. I mean, some of the people who come in are like, yeah, I, I'm going to do this. This is awesome. You never see them again. <laughs> like, yeah. I saw somebody, Sandy and I went out to dinner the night before last. And I saw somebody that we, that I forget his name. He trained, and he signed up maybe, you know, 22, 23-year-old kid and looked like he was loving it, you know, trained hard. And then when his first, you know, month of training 
when it came time to renew the membership for the second month, he stopped training. Like, I saw him and I'm like, I remember that guy. I thought he was going to stick around, but apparently not, you know. And other people who I I don't want to say wrote him off right away, but like didn't expect them to keep training are... I feel like I'm one of those people. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, maybe. You yeah. don't have to sugar. It's no. okay. I didn't show much promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it happens with kids and adults, though. I mean, there's, and it almost happens more often with kids for me where, like, you might have, like, a super, super shy 12-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't know if this is, if jiu for her. And then, like, within a month... She's a killer. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we have a couple of those. I never oh, yeah. would have expected that. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a few of them that are like, I mean, speaking of that, all the girls are killers compared to the boys. I'm, oh, I'm my <laughs> word. Yeah. I'm like trying to make the highlight videos, and the girls are just all over them. <laughs> just like, I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I've they also to... have been filling the mats, too. Like, it's yeah. mostly them there. Yep. I've been trying to get the boys to be more pumped up and like usually I'd be like, come on, man, put something behind that. And he'll just look at me and go, I don't want to. Yeah. Come yeah. on. So come on. <laughs> Work with me here. Um, yeah. So you can't, you can't like guess and yeah. you'll start to see this the longer you train as you're there for a year or two or three, you'll be like, you'll start to like eyeball people when they come in and be like, I wonder if this guy's going to be back. Honestly, for me, at first, it was really difficult because I would, a brand new person would come in, I would like fully invest everything I had in them right away. Like first class, I don't want to say abandon the people that are already there, but like really put forth an effort to make this one person, I want to show them how amazing jujitsu was Mm -hmm. like and show them like five moves and talk to them for 15 minutes after class and then... I would do all that and then they'd never show up again. Mm-hmm. And it's like so bizarre. And it was always, I loved class. I'll see you tomorrow. Never show up again. And then you get the text, so hey, can you crazy. cancel my membership real quick? Uh, inside fact, people don't even do that. They just cancel their credit card. They don't even have enough guts to call you and be like, hey, yeah, jujitsu's not for me. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah. Are you serious? That happens? 100%. Yep. Happens all the time. Honey, I got to sync my credit score real quick. I don't want to go back to (laughs) jujitsu. Right. So they just, you know, they cancel their card, report it, lost or whatever, and get a different one and cancel the show. Yeah. 100%. Wow. So crazy. Uh, Actually, that goes on to one of the ones that I said is uh, just mental improvement. Yes. Kind of goes along with like, you know, you said like the shy 12-year-old too. Sometimes jujitsu just gets people to open right up. Yeah. I know a lot of people who weren't super social and uh, then they joined the gym and then they just turned into social butterflies. Like mm-hmm. um, I have coffee every Saturday and Sunday with Gabe. Yep. Um, and we talk, we were talking actually today. He goes, yeah, no, I never really reached out or spoke to anybody really. And then I joined jujitsu and suddenly I feel so great. I'm hanging mm-hmm. out with everybody and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. There's a, there's a few people like that. And you know, along the same lines, there's, there's a particular person, I'm not going to list names, but person I, that I, one, did not expect to come back after their first class or two, and two, 
didn't expect to go from being super, super shy to being like a fully invested team member. And it's, it's crazy how, what jujitsu can do that, you mm-hmm. know, on the opposite side of that, the next one on my list is jujitsu allows you to de-stress. So yeah, I if, was thinking of that. Like, if mm-hmm. you're like, uh, even for me, I have a stressful job, like managing an entire car dealership. And I have had some really long days and then walk on the mats and like everything's great again, you know, or, you know, we have guys in our academy, we have doctors, lawyers, financial advisors. Let's look at Eric. Eric's a financial advisor. If the market drops during the day, like 5%, you've got clients losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm sure that's probably a really stressful day. (laughs) But the moment you start live training jujitsu, you cannot think about anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment you think of anything other than what's happening to you, you're gonna get like yeah. choked unconscious. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I feel like jujitsu is very therapeutic. When you're rolling, you you're literally like can't like you don't think about anything else. I feel like like I don't think about really anything when I'm rolling. Yeah, like it's just a spot where I can like just chill. I don't think that you can think about anything else while you're rolling. No, that's how you I get mean, snatched up. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, then if you do, then yeah, then you're in a different spot and then you stop thinking about it immediately. Yeah, right. But I mean, think about that if uh, compared to other athletic activities, mm-hmm. like say running or <laughs> You're just left weights. alone with your thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> it's the complete opposite. Like the whole time you're thinking about all the problems you have. Yeah. I mean, and even that I hear running is therapeutic too for, for some people, mm-hmm. but you can't think about anything else. When you're when you're doing jujitsu, I, I also think um, just the environment of flow itself might have a bit of an impact on that for some people because it's just it's an incredibly inviting gym. I'd like to think so. Yeah, I think that our team is very welcoming to new people. Anyone who really wants to put in the effort to get better at jujitsu is gonna get better no matter what. Yeah, like there's no way not to. Yeah, as soon as I started like showing up more consistently and people started like recognize who I was, I came in one day and I remember I sat down. It was just like I normally would. I would sit down by myself. And then um, I think it was uh, Austin. He just walks up to me and goes, hey, man, come sit over here. I sat over there and just learned everybody's name, started talking, and mm-hmm. just got welcomed into the group immediately. Yep. There's, a, there's a few people who either based on their schedule or based on their life or whatever – you know, we'll leave like halfway through live training. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, or maybe in three quarters through live training, I feel like those people sometimes are missing out on the team. Like we spent way too much time at the gym, to be honest <laughs> with you. But like the team atmosphere at the end yeah. of the night where everybody's just finished training, maybe someone's practicing some move that they've been working on that's not quite working for them. So there's two guys over here doing that. Mm-hmm. There's three people sitting on the wall, you know, just thinking about training, talking. There's, it's a good team camaraderie that, that we have, I think. Yeah, our gym will literally sit there for about, I want to say like an hour, <laughs> yeah. almost an hour and a half sometimes, just yeah. just talking about Yeah, that jiu-jitsu. happened the other day. Do you not recall? <laughs> <laughs> I do recall. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good, though. I mean... Sometimes we got to reel it in occasionally, but it's, 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 it's really good. You know, it's, 
it's good for everybody. Oh yeah. It's, you know? it's so incredibly helpful. I mean, I just remember a few weeks ago I had a day where I felt like just everything was falling apart and I grabbed my gi. I'm looking at my car. I'm like, man, I am miserable. And then I walked in there. I saw all the kids and I was like, you know what? This is great. This yep. is going to be the rest of my day. I don't care about anything else. Yep. hundred percent. So we already inadvertently touched on a lot of my <laughs> the other parts <laughs> of my list. I do have another one though. It's kind of a two part thing. Jiu-jitsu, and this, it sounds bad when I use this word, but grind. Jiu-jitsu is not all fun and games. It's a it's a grind, and it's uncomfortable sometimes. It's not fun. You get dinged up here and there, but I feel like that teaches you a lot about how to handle stress in life. Mm-hmm. And when you are stuck under, say, Yannick for five minutes and you're like, you know, tired and sore, and that makes problems in life seem a little less oh, yeah. drastic, yeah. you know? The grind, there's something to show for it, you know, when you're done. It, yeah, it really just instills a lot of um, just kind of like personal discipline and mental fortitude because... Like you That's said. the word I'm looking for. Fortitude. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You can sit there and you can be like, oh man, this task that I'm doing here at work sucks. Like I don't want to do this. And you think to yourself, well, last night I went against Yannick and he just kind of crushed me. <laughs> right. This is nowhere near as bad as that. I also think with jujitsu, one thing that is really interesting, let's say you spend two years lifting weights. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get your bench press up to whatever and you get in really good shape. And then something happens in your life and you can't lift. And you go three years without lifting. You regress right back to zero again, mm-hmm. right? If you spend two years doing jujitsu, and life events happen and you can't train for two years, three years, and you start training jujitsu again, yeah, it takes you a few weeks to get back in the groove. But all those things you learned, they're still there. Yeah. You know, you don't lose what you've learned. So you can kind of keep building on that and you're... You're learning skills that you can you're gonna have yeah permanently and a lot of that stuff after a while just gets ingrained into just muscle memory so yeah you might suck the first day but give it a little bit more time it's all gonna come back you're right. gonna be good yeah i mean how many times have we seen somebody walk in who hasn't trained for a long time and you're like oh that dude's still he may have not trained for a year but he's still pretty good yeah like i've i've uh, <laughs> seen people come in and i've uh, had somebody i think it was I can't remember who it was, but they misled me saying, Oh yeah, no, he's a new guy. Go roll with him. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Who was it? It was, um, it was, it was, uh, Tyler came in and oh. somebody pointed him out and said, yeah, no, no, go roll with him. He's brand new. And I was like, okay, I'll go introduce him to the gym. And then I got smushed and I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's well. a perfect example of yeah. Tyler. Yeah. He, um, he, you know, life stuff happens and he can only train here and there, but yeah, he's, a. Uh, he was actually my first blue belt promotion. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's definitely solid. It's too bad that he can't train more often because he would um you know, he would be probably a purple belt by now, to be mm-hmm. honest. He's very good, but his cardio fails him <laughs> because he doesn't train very often. <laughs> There's a few people like that. That's the first thing, you know. Yeah, you're gonna lose the cardio portion, but the jujitsu comes back to you pretty mm-hmm. pretty quickly. If you go back to the first couple of episodes, I did some some interviews of little kids that are in the kids' class or were in the kids' class, and I asked them 
if they had a friend at school and you wanted to try to get them to come try jujitsu, what would you tell them? So <laughs> I won't spoil it. You'll have to go back and find those episodes. But it's, uh, I think it was Jacoby and Reese and Natalie and maybe one other one. But to hear like an eight or nine year old, 10 year old kid to explain how to like talk someone into coming to jujitsu is, is pretty cute. And then also to explain what jujitsu is. Like if you had to explain someone to one of your friends, what jujitsu is, what would you say? It's not easy to explain. It's really not. (laughs) It's uh, cause it's, you know, it's nothing like the traditional karate, taekwondo, striking martial Mm -hmm. arts. It's, if I don't want to spend very much time explaining it, I usually say it's like wrestling with with choi- with chokes and arm locks and yes, you know. Yeah. If there's someone who's genuinely interested, I'll get into it a little further, but that's the gist of it, you know, submission grappling basically. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap this one up. I appreciate you uh you coming on. We'll talk again soon. Hey guys, Professor Hayden here. I wanted to take a second to go over the Flow Sub Only sponsors and uh, thank them for all that they do for us. First up is First National Bank. We do all of our banking and business with them. If you are in the Midcoast, Maine area, or really anywhere in Southern Maine, definitely worth checking them out. A huge thank you to them. Thank you to Charles Schwab. If you are looking for an investor, a uh, great company to use. Uh, I can set you up specifically with one of their brokers. He does an awesome job. Thank you to Foot and Ankle Associates of Maine. They did my most recent uh, ankle surgery, and they were absolutely amazing. They are phenomenal. They took phenomenal care of me, and the results were uh, amazing. Epic Roll BJJ. They are the official gear company of Flow Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, huge thank you to them. Awesome gear. Definitely check them out as well. Thank you to Gym Desk. They are an amazing uh, gym software company. Uh, they manage all of your membership dues, promotion schedules, websites, new members, everything that you need to do to operate a gym. Uh, they take a lot of the legwork out. Phenomenal system. Highly recommend them. Roll Junkie, another gear sponsor. They actually just sent me a care package. I tried the uh, Nogi gear on last night. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Very, very high quality. Highly recommend them as well. I'll definitely be buying uh, some more gear from them. Flow Kimonos, they're a company that we've been using for a long time for kids and adult geese. They have super light, super comfortable geese. Uh, I really, really like their kids' geese. When you're a little kid, geese are not comfortable, and they have managed to create a comfortable gi for kids, which I really, really appreciate. Digital RX Consulting. Uh, if you are in the automotive, marine industry, anything along those lines, or just marketing in general, search engine optimization, uh, website design, uh, any type of online digital marketing. Uh, Nick from Digital RX is phenomenal. Just message me and I can certainly hook you up with him. He's he's great. Jay's Barbershop. Thank you to Jay. Phenomenal place. Highly recommend if you're in the Brunswick Bath area. Definitely check him out. Maritime Energy. They keep flow warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Uh, huge thank you to them for heating oil propane company. 
Massage by the Sea is phenomenal. If you are in Midcoast, Maine, definitely check her out. They do an amazing job. First time is $59 for an hour massage, and it's phenomenal. Um, and then prices are super reasonable after that. Highly, highly recommend her as well. Spine by Design chiropractic in uh, Rockland, Maine. Both uh, my wife and my daughter spend a significant amount of time there and only the best things to say about them. Muzzy Ridge Electric, Tom, one of my Purple Belt students, phenomenal guy. Just had him do some electrical work at my house and everything was done on time, efficiently, clean work, um, very, very good. I highly recommend Tom as well. Uh, lastly, Key Auto Group. They're a auto group with 26 dealers on the up and down the East Coast, automotive needs, anything like that, definitely check them out as well. Remember, you don't need to move fast. You simply need to move forward. Life presents all of us different obstacles. It's easy to give up. However, get up, smile, and put one foot in front of the other. Everything works out. I promise you. Tom DeBlast.